0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back in Better Than Ever, Greenie presented by Progressive Insurance with our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Here we go. Aaron and Adams channeling Butch and Sundance. Huge week in the NBA. Big superstars facing big decisions. Sneaky big news from the NFL. The Yankees are a disaster. And Giannis continues to say things I absolutely love. All that and more. Let's go. Here we go. go, go.
0: Only one place to start.
2: The Aaron Rodgers saga
3: continued. There were some cryptic Instagram messages over the weekend from Devontae Adams and Aaron
2: Rodgers. MJ and Scottie Pippen on a court together. Maybe a last ride and they're out.
1: It is just never, never nearly enough. What a weekend this was. What a week it begins here. A week we have had sort of scheduled on our calendar for quite some time as when we would finally start getting some answers. Aaron Rodgers continues to throw breadcrumbs. Actually, he continues to throw gasoline on a fire. And as a result, we finally get our first glimpse tomorrow into what the future is going to look like for him, for the Green Bay Packers, and for the National Football League. And my buddy, Dan Graziano, our NFL insider extraordinaire, good enough to hang out in studio a few extra minutes after we wrap up TV today, giving us the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Dan, you broke it down well for us on TV, for those who were not there. It feels as though he has two, he being Rodgers, has two options right now. What are they?
0: Well, I think the two most likely scenarios are, one, that he retires. And uh, we put that in quotes, right, because it's it's more like uh, what Carson Palmer did with the Bengals years ago when he didn't want to play for them anymore. He retired figuring, well, they'll trade me. And ultimately, they did. Uh, and the other option would be if he and the Packers could get something worked out on a contract. That lets him out after one year. He's got three years left on his contract, but nothing guaranteed. And obviously, with the draft pick of Jordan Love, future uncertain, if he could get a a reworked contract with a provision that they can't franchise him and he's able to be a free agent next year, uh, then maybe he comes back and it is like a last dance situation with him and Devontae Adams, who's going to be a free agent as well. And they just run it back one more time and say, That's it. He's already, I mean, supposedly he already refers to. Uh, Brian Gutekunst as Jerry Krause in, in, in private and all that stuff that's been reported. So maybe they do see themselves that way.
1: The, the influence of Michael Jordan just continues to be astonishing considering he hasn't played in over 20 years. But, but let's go back to that for a minute here. Because for the Packers to do that, yeah. th- they would be capitulating here really just to try and make him happy and have him show up, but they certainly don't have to. No. And what they need to do, it seems to me, is make sure that they maintain some control over his future regardless, which is to say they can't let him just become an unrestricted free agent at the end of this coming season because the next thing you know, he signs with one of your rivals right. and he comes in there and kicks you behind. They, 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 they would lose the ability to, to have some influence in where he goes that, that would strike, and they would not get any compensation for him? That would strike me as a, a really interesting decision. Right. That's a good question. Like, do Would the Packers
0: do that with the only return for them being, yes, I show up and play as I'm already contracted to do? So, yeah, th- that would be the the sort of push-pull of the negotiation. What can we get? Can we get some assurances, Um, you know, that, that you won't sign with such and such team? I, I don't know how you would possibly put that in a contract. So, yeah, if they're just going to let him, now they could make a promise to trade him, but... Is that enforceable either? I mean, he may have thought they were going to do that this offseason, and they didn't, and could be part of the source of the current issue. So, yeah, I think, I mean, Schefter put this well, I think it was last week or the week before. Say so He'll give them a start date when they give him an end date, right? He wants to know when he's out of there. Uh, and I think that's where that comes from in terms of the ability to, to redo the contract. You know, it wouldn't be hard. Like, It's non-guaranteed money. It's $25 million salaries in 22 and 23, but... It's not guaranteed. It would be the same. It would be the same effect as if they cut him next spring.
1: Exactly. But the point is, and you and I both remember when Brett Favre wound up yes. getting traded out of Green Bay, he got traded to the Jets. Yes. The Packers weren't going to let him go. Sign with Minnesota, and it was only through a sort of strange confluence of circumstances, Favre gets traded to the Jets, plays one season, retires. Mm-hmm. The Jets draft Mark Sanchez. Favre, Favre sees an opportunity. He says, OK, I'm unretiring. The Jets have no choice but to release him because right. they don't want to have him on. the. They had clearly moved forward at that point. So they move forward from him. And Favre winds up becoming a free agent a year later. If you're the Packers, you want to control this situation as much as you can. Aaron Rodgers in Denver is a heck of a lot better right. than Aaron Rodgers someplace like New Orleans. Right.
0: But if you're the Packers, I think where you are right now is you have to order your priorities. Right. So what is your priority? Is your priority making sure he doesn't come back and haunt you? is your priority winning this year's Super Bowl? If, if it's the latter, then maybe you have to take a risk on the former, right? Like if, if it pays off, if he comes back and he's MVP again and they're back in, in contention for the Super Bowl and they happen to go ahead and win it this time, then who cares, right, where but, he ends up and how many times but he ends up this feeding. is
1: the source. You and I have argued about this a million times, both on and off the air. The Packers are a forward-looking franchise. Right. You have the opportunity to get, I mean, am I hearing Deshaun Watson's going to get five draft picks in I a trade? I don't think that he is. But, that may be but, but that's yeah. the asking price. So, I mean, if you're the Packers, you're going to walk away from three number ones or whatever it is that Aaron Rodgers would clearly bring you back. In a trade, that would be very unpacker-like, I would think. It would, and especially
0: considering the, the salary cap issues they have for next year, the, the possibility, the increasing possibility that they don't bring back Devontae Adams. Uh, I, I think, yeah, you would have to be foolish not to consider that. But again, we've been talking about this f- four months, mm-hmm. and I think what we've tried to say all along is the Packers aren't going to trade him uh, unless and until they're certain they have no other choice. So at this point, they're waiting to see what he does. If he shows up, then, you know, that, that costs him leverage. If he doesn't show up, then maybe they reassess. Maybe they do think about what they can get in a trade. To this point, if you call the Packers about a trade for Aaron Rodgers, they say, we're not doing it. So it's not as if they've assessed the potential price. Uh, I think they, you know, they might if they get to the point, especially if they get into the season, they're not playing well. Jordan Love's not coming along. You're getting close to the trade deadline. The landscape has changed. Somebody's quarterback got hurt who's in contention. You know, there's a lot of things that could happen, between now and the end of October, for, for instance, which is when the trade deadline is, that could, that could raise his value and make the Packers more likely to
1: do it. All right. Greeny and Graziano here. Good enough to hang out a few minutes after we wrap up TV this morning. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. You told me an interesting thing today uh, to tr- change the subject. You covered the Giants and Odell Beckham when he first got drafted and came into the league. Beckham to me is the most interesting person in a variety a of ways. Very
0: interesting person,
1: but but particularly with regards to this season, because if he is just purely additive, it is my yeah. opinion that the Cleveland Browns are as talented as any team in the entire NFL. If you just look at the names on the backs of the jerseys, I don't know that anyone definitively has more talent than they do. Let's see how good the quarterback becomes. If you just all of a sudden give Baker Mayfield Odell Beckham mm-hmm. at least the talent you think to yourself, well of course he's going to get better. They're going to be un- unbeatable. But it it never stops being in my head that they looked so much better last year without him. Right. So so tell me about him, your experience there, what, what 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 and thus what you are expecting from him and them.
0: You know, I know at the end with the Giants they got to a point where they kind of just didn't want him around anymore, but prior to that, I mean I remember asking somebody on the coaching staff his rookie year. It was going back and forth. remember he got suspended for a game because of the fight with Josh Norman during yeah, the Panthers sure. game and all that stuff. I remember asking, like, is this is the headache that comes with this guy worth it because of the talent and his ability? And the answer was unequivocally yes. So this is at the beginning when he's setting records his first couple years in the league. And, you know, as it plays out, I think you know the thing that bothers Odell Beckham the most is the losing. Right? Like he's had. Two winning seasons in his career, and one was last year that he really wasn 't a part of because they didn't until they until he got hurt they really didn 't start winning so I think if he 's on a good Cleveland Browns team with his best friend in the world Jarvis Landry, and everything's going well, I think you you do see a purely additive Odell Beckham. I think you do see a situation where he helps and doesn 't detract. I think when he has um, when he has you know, had issues where you see the flare ups with uh, whatever, kicking net, and all, all that kind of stuff that he's gotten negative attention for. A lot of it is tied to frustration over losing. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he proves me wrong, and a couple months from now they're winning and he's still causing an issue. But I don't imagine that happening. I think he's got a little bit of a bad reputation. And I do think if he's on a winning team, we will see the best of him.
1: And one more thing I don't know how many people in our audience know this, but that Dan Graziano is a Hall of Fame voter. For the Baseball oh, yes. Hall of Fame. Like, previous how, long, life. how long did you cover baseball? 14 years. For,
0: and which teams did you cover? Uh, well, I started out in Florida covering the Marlins, and then I ended and up what covering years the was Yankees. That? 97, 98, 99. So 97 was their first was World, the Series. World Series. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was wild. I was 24. You know, it was a fun ride. Yeah. Um, and then I moved up to uh, cover the Yankees for the Newark Star-Ledger. So, I wouldn't say tail end of the Joe Torrey run, but my first year on that beat was 2000 when they beat the Mets in the World Series. So you, I mean, that's not the All those, yeah. all those Red Sox, Yankees, sure. ALCS games. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff it was there
1: for all that. The Arizona World Series. Yeah, it was, it was, it was something. The Arizona World Series, the '03, uh, the, the the legendary Aaron, Aaron Boone, Boone and, home run, and, and, right? and then the World Series lost to the Marlins, and then '04, the loved th- Aaron Boone, the three nothing. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you. Have you ever seen a team have a month like yeah, the Yankees man. have had?
0: Not that team, not the Yankees, right? right. I mean, like, I go back to it. Yeah, I, I mean, because my, my kids are, you know, my younger son you know, roots for them, and, and I, I, I think to myself, they always pulled out of this, right, when I covered them, they always, they, they would have these years, where, oh, the Red Sox are clearly better, blah, 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 and they always, they always made it, but I mean, you know, this, this, that was a team that was used to winning, right, that was a manager that had won the World Series four times, that was, you know, Derek Jeter and all that, so you, yeah, you, you do wonder uh, what that, what a team like this one has inside of it, now, I guess you find out, because of all that adversity, but yeah, the, the baseball season, what, what, are we, what are we still have two whole months? Yes. Of baseball season. Correct. Left. Yeah. I mean, it is covering football. You almost forget sometimes that the baseball season is insanely long and so much can happen in that span. But yeah, the fact that the Red Sox have beaten them up, that, that that's when oh, you no always think, they've because, lost oh, what think
1: yesterday seemed to have been like a, a new that's low, crazy. but, but that's the third time I've said that in a month is the point. <laughs> and, um, and this week is the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens. All right, Graziano, we have put you to work today. You were doing SportsCenter, and then you were doing the morning radio show, and then you're on my TV show, and now here you are. So I appreciate all of it. Thank you very much. Beats digging ditches. That's the great Dan Graziano. Thank you, my friend. All right, coming up next, you are going to hear my favorite thing I have heard a superstar say in a very long time. And my guess is you're going to love it, too.
4: That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y.
1: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call com or just stop by.
4: Greenie the podcast.:
1: my name is Greenie. this is ESPN radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guess on the Goodyear hotline. In 30 seconds you will hear my new favorite thing I've ever heard a superstar say. I'll spend those 30 seconds talking to you about California almonds. Country versus country, you versus the home printer. No matter the competition, you need natural fuel, and almonds are exactly that fuel for the best you. Almonds are natural, energy packed, stay on task, feel good fuel to power you through. A handful of almonds have six grams of plant-based protein. They're also an excellent source of vitamin E and magnesium. Can't get any easier to fuel good, so you can feel good. So whether you're podium topping or printing at home, almonds are natural fuel for the best you. California almonds own your every day, every day. The one thing I couldn't help but notice is that over the weekend, I had any number of people commenting to me on the way we pronounce the word <laughs> almond, which I find just ludicrous in every conceivable way. Bubba, are you? Uh, in today, I haven't seen who's uh, who's. No, nah, bu-
2: uh, Bubba has decided to take the week off, so it's just me and Devin right the now. The Entire week? Bubba has taken an yeah, entire week off. Yeah, he's taken
1: the entire week off. I don't know how we're going to do that, but just say that word for me. That the uh, the California. How would you say that yeah. word, Nuno? California almonds. Almonds. That's correct. It's almonds.
3: Uh, he said an L. He no, said he it, didn't say w- an w- L. One more there's no one for s- the people can- in the back, Nuno. California almonds. 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 I I heard a little L. No, there's no L. A twinge of L.
1: Can I can I briefly say one other thing? Can I give you a quick, a quick, like personal, what are those called? Like a little. Tip? Uh, yeah, it's, it, what's that? Uh,
3: are you, you going to give critique? a
1: critique? No, not a tip. It's more like um, the Suggestion? kind of thing you can't stand. No, like a pet peeve. Idiosyncrasy? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no. It's like a pet peeve. Okay. So I'm with these people and one of them uses a word. I'm going to spell it for you. Okay. L-I-T-E-R-A-L-L-Y. right? Hmm. It's a commonly used word. Oh, yeah. And she says, literally, literally. And she used it like three times in the same sentence. She kept saying, and he literally, and she's not from London, right? I mean, she's I, an American. And so I said, are you saying literally? And she says, yes, literally. <laughs> and it really rubbed me the wrong way. Is anyone else, does anyone, have you heard that? Have you heard American people say the word literally? Yes,
3: but only those that are trying much too hard. If you're not from
1: London, you can't do it. I don't think that this was the case. She's not a trying too hard kind of person. It's just, I guess, an alternate pronunciation of the word literally. But she kept saying literally, and it really, it it, it got to the point where I just couldn't take it anymore. That's that's distracting. Nuno, your thoughts on literally versus literally? It's Literally. It's literally. I mean, it's just that simple. I, thank you. Yeah, as, it's that as, simple as only he can. Okay, uh, so I just wanted to mention that because it really kind of it almost ruined my weekend. <laughs>
3: I did hope you enjoyed your uh, your
1: almonds. No, though. I got a nice weekend working, and and all of a sudden she's saying literally, and I wait wait, wait a minute, I can't just let that go. <laughs> I can't allow you just to continuously say literally, and just pretend nothing is happening. Something is. Something very, very wrong is going on here. All right. Meanwhile,
4: I'm sorry. What? what, what, what? I'm sorry. What, what? I'm sorry. What?
1: I'm sorry. What? All right. I, I'm going to do an I'm sorry what here because I, I tease this and it is um, the, the thing that I heard a superstar say that I loved more than anything. Then I'll get you to what feels like a little bit of breaking news. It's no surprise, the breaking news that I have. It doesn't feel that urgent. So I'm going to play you the Giannis. So Giannis is the superstar I was talking about. He does a sit down interview with Malika to talk about winning the championship and winning the MVP and all of it. And the subject of doing it in Milwaukee and for this franchise comes up. And listen to what Giannis says. You might never win another one.
4: It's, it's fine. Like, we did it. You know, we did what we are supposed to do. And uh, <laughs> um, I'd rather do it this way, win one this way, than go somewhere else in a super team and win
1: two or three. Oh, my goodness. He just said, I'd rather do it this way. I'd rather win one this way than go to a super team and win two or three. Now, let's make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I love that he said that. I love that an NBA superstar got up there and said, this ring means more than all of you guys put together. All this teaming up. You're listening to that in Brooklyn? Listening to that in Golden State? You're listening to that with the Lakers? That's what Giannis is saying. He's saying, my ring means more, because I did it the hard way. I didn't take the easy way. So it brings up, as far as I'm concerned, a variety of questions. And I'll bring the members of the hashtag crew in on this. Nuno and Hembo, I'll start with you. First off, why is he like this? Why does Giannis seem to be the exception to the rule, whereas all these players are jumping on board with each other, and not only didn't he do it, but he sounds like it offends his sensibility. Why?
3: I think it's because he didn't grow up on the AAU circuit. He's not interested in the, the fraternization. He's not, in, he's not interested in, in, in joining up the way that so many other superstars of today are interested in doing. Like to him, there's a right and wrong way to do things. And even though that's not necessarily how we all see it, it's how he sees it. And I have enormous respect um, for him for seeing it that way.
1: I think you are absolutely... Right. I think that is true. I think that th- right now. And again, I, I witnessed this as a dad. I, I, I never I mean, it wasn't even such a thing as a U basketball when I was growing up. But my son played in it for years and he was not in a league where the kids were going to go on to play in the NBA. But when you would go play in tournaments, you would see that, you know, the teams that are. And that was a show. I mean, those kids were a show. There were people who were there to watch that their, their courts would be packed. There'd be tons of people around. And when you see the environment around these young people, um, it's easy to see how we have gotten to where we have gotten. These kids are superstars and they're megastars. This kid in San Diego, Mikey Williams, has five million Instagram followers. He's in high school. He's going to have a multimillion dollar marketing deal before he gets to college, whether he decides to go to college or not. Now, all of that obviously wasn't the case when Giannis was growing up. But the point is, this is not necessarily an indictment. But as all these young people grow up all over America, these outstanding basketball players, and one of them is in Akron, Ohio, and one of them is in Washington, D.C., and one of them is here, and one of them is there, they all wind up playing on these same circuits, particularly in the summer. They wind up on the same teams. And so, sure, they like the idea of, yeah, let's play together. I got a super team. We've been friends since we were 12. I'm not criticizing that part of it. In fact, I'm not really criticizing any of it. But what I'm saying is I love seeing a situation where it doesn't happen because super teams have absolutely contributed to the problems that the sport has. So that's the first question. The next question is, will this influence other players? Will Giannis doing this, going it alone and winning, and the respect and adulation that seems to be coming with that, will that influence any other players to consider that path rather than teaming up? Nuno? Nuno? What's the
2: answer to that question? I will say no, because I don't know how many players other than Giannis currently could actually win a title without creating a super team right now. Well,
1: so I think you have the right answer, but I don't know that you have the right reason. I think they could. I just don't think they will because they don't want to. And, you know, it's an interesting thing because, all right, gather around. Let's let's talk turkey here, all right? I'm a father, and I always tell my kids— Life is hard. Don't make it harder. Like, don't make life unnecessarily hard on yourself. When you, can fi- when you can find ways, I don't mean cutting corners, cheating. Don't get me wrong. But frequently my kids will do something. I can't even think of an example right off the top of my head. But over the course of their childhoods, where I would say, you're making this much worse. You're, you're, you're taking a, a challenging situation, which presents its own challenges, and you're making it harder. Life is going to be hard enough. Don't make things harder. So, can we really sit here and say that these players shouldn't be doing things that are within the rules? They're not cheating. They're not violating a rule. They're not, they're not doing anything immoral. Are they doing anything wrong? I mean, the answer to that is no. But they'll never stop because they're doing something that's easier. If I gave you the option of doing the same thing, but arriving there the easier way or the harder way, most people will take the easier way. It, it just kind of is common sense to take the easier way. So I guess I can't complain about it. But, but Nuno, I agree with you that the players will not start following this path. And the primary reason is because it is a lot harder. I think that they will, they will continue taking the easier way because why not take the path of least resistance if you can? The final question I have here, Nuno, I'll ask this one to you again. Will this inflame the rivalry with the Nets? Let me play the cut again. This is Giannis again. We might never win another one.
4: It's it's fine. Like, we did it. You know, we did what we are supposed to do. And uh, <laughs> um, I'd rather do it this way, win one this way, than go somewhere else in a super team and win two or three.
1: Will those words be all over the Brooklyn Nets locker room and everything else? Will this inflame a
2: rivalry between the Bucks and the Nets? I hope so. Um, and I know Giannis will be like, I'm not taking a shot at anyone, but we know he is. I truly hope so. And I think it's a lesson for someone like James Harden, right? Like you – have taken shots at Giannis for winning MVPs that you thought you should have won and you went to this team and you guys didn't win. Even in this environment where, you know, people were injured and everything else, like, hey, Giannis did this, something you couldn't do based upon joining this team.
1: It's 100% right. So, once again, this is why the hashtag crew is the very best in the business because all of the answers are correct. The answer is everyone will pretend they're fine with what he said, And they won't be straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. All right. Next order of business.
4: Green light light with green.
1: All right. For baseball conversation, I'm giving the green light to Hembo. And, and again, the Yankees are a team that everyone seems to care about. If you care about baseball, you care about the Yankees. You either root for them or you hate them. If you hate them, you are probably rejoicing like no other time I can ever remember Hembo, what the actual heck? I, I can't remember a team that has had a month like the month the Yankees are having right now. <laughs> I, 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 I can't remember.
3: I mean, in a season really defined by absorbing haymakers, as you've put it, the Yankees may have received a knockout punch yesterday. Yesterday may be the day that we look back on and say that was the straw that broke the camel's back. They led the Red Sox four to nothing entering the bottom of the eighth inning. They lost five. Well, the no hitter. With a no hitter. They had
1: a no hitter going in the bottom of the eighth inning.
3: <laughs> Through seven innings, Domingo Herman had not allowed a hit. He allowed a double to start the eighth inning. Aaron Boone pulled him. And the next thing you know, it's a five to four ball game, and the Yankees lose three out of four to the Red Sox in a series that they probably should have won when you consider what happened in game one, but they most certainly should have split. And, and, and like you said, going back a month now, the Yankees have lost three games. When leading by four runs or more in the eighth inning or later, they're three and three in such games over the
1: last month. Let's underline that. Yeah. In the last month, in games in which the Yankees have a four run lead in the eighth inning or later, they're three and three. That's impossible. (laughs) The rest of baseball, I'm taking your stat from you, the Mm. rest of baseball is 129 and four. In those situations, a four-run lead in the eighth inning is when you get in trouble for stealing a base. <laughs> the game is supposed to be over. You're not supposed to swing 3-0 and oh That's right. with a four-run lead in the eighth inning. The Yankees have lost three of six games in that situation going back to June 30th. They're six and six and a half games out of first place. If they had won two of those three, which every team in baseball does, everyone they would be right there. This month is... It's remarkable because it's basically impossible to do.
3: It's impossible to do. And right now, they're three and a half games back of the wild card. If they wind up making a run the last couple months of the season, they will look back on those games um, as ones that most definitely cost them. And I'll say this, too. Yesterday was Aaron Boone's worst moment as the Yankees manager. Why? I mean, he royally messed up the game yesterday. I mean, look, I'm an analytics guy. You know that. He made the wrong decision by pulling Domingo Herman when he did. Domingo Herman was, was shoving even in the seventh inning. He struck out four batters in the seventh inning. Right. One, <laughs> one just reached on the drop third a strike. Right. One double to start the eighth inning with 93 pitches. He at least deserved to get a couple more hitters to where the tying run at least gets on deck and then inexplicably I'm watching this game on my phone on mute thinking to myself why aren't they playing with the infield in it's the Yankees are leading four to three with one out they're playing with the infield back with a sinker baller a ground ball scores the tying run the Red Sox go on to score the go-ahead run and and win the game it was his worst moment as Yankees manager
1: well it is it is the worst loss ever or for them in at least a week so (laughs) Nuno let me come to you as my resident Yankee fan uh what is your reaction
2: Sports are stupid, and everyone with the Yankees deserves to be fired. I don't even want them putting in the office supply order this week. Like, don't even make any trades. Just let this, let the season finish, and then burn it down to the ground at the after during the off season. I can't. It's it's ridiculous. <sighs> <laughs>
3: Aaron Boone yesterday, Greeny, with with after domingo roman there was a no hitter for 7 innings brings in jonathan loizaga who had just been on the covid list and had pitched the day before when he had a fresh full bullpen he made 5 mistakes in the span of 1 hour that cost the yankees a game that no other team in baseball would have lost
1: all right in the meantime the trade deadline is friday so we've talked a lot about what the yankees might do what else what else is what should the fans know over the course of this week to be watching closely, starting in Chicago.
3: Yeah, there are two teams that are really likely to sell. The first is the Chicago Cubs. I think you'll see Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, and Craig Kimbrel move. And you might see a team try and package a group of prospects for two or even three of those guys and the second team that I think is, is just as interesting that you'll see a lot of movement after being swept over the weekend in Baltimore, is the Washington Nationals because they have Max Scherzer who's going to headline this. They have Brad Hand, an excellent closer, and Kyle Schwarber. Those guys are also of interest, and I think especially to the New York Yankees. Now,
1: Schwarber is another guy who was on the Cubs that won the World Series. right? I mean the entire? Obviously, he's not. He's he was has been gone for a time. Mm. But if I had told you, I mean, what what is that thing? What if I told you, right, right, the, <laughs> the 30, thirty for thirty, 30 yeah. line? Mm-hmm. Like what if I told you, uh, in October of of 2016, when they were still cleaning up after the parade in Chicago, that five years later, in the span of a week, they were going to trade Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and Javi Baez? What what would you have said to me? You would have said, "There's literally or literally <laughs> no chance of
3: that happening." They won one playoff series since winning that World Series. Yeah, one. It is it, it, com- it is completely impossible to to believe. You would have you would have never seen that coming. Like you said so many times, it wasn't would they win one, it was how many would they win. And the fact that all those guys collectively only combined to win one more playoff series in Chicago is is almost as stunning as winning the World Series itself. It, It really is stunning. So who's buying so I think you're going to see the Yankees try and buy at least to some extent, even though they're so far back in the division. I think that you'll see the Mets go hard. I think you'll see the Red Sox go hard. We saw the Padres make a big trade yesterday. We'll see them do the same. The Dodgers and the Phillies are other teams that I would have, my, uh, I would have circled as buyers. This All right.
1: Week. Our Baseball Weekend Review brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. Meanwhile, breaking news, um, if you will, if you've been following it, this was not unexpected, but Heather Dinich tweeted in just the last few minutes, a statement from Texas says that the University of Texas and Oklahoma University have notified the Big 12 that they will not be extending their grant of rights beyond 2025. Let me explain quickly, if you're not following this, what that means. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12. They're going to the SEC. SEC. It will begin, it will have a domino effect that ultimately will completely reshape college sports as we have always known them. We are now well on our way to four, maybe even three super conferences. The Big 12 is over. It just doesn't know it yet. It will fight like crazy to try and remain alive and relevant. It will not work. The reason Texas and Oklahoma do this is once they give that notice – Now they can start putting in motion negotiations on things. There are huge checks they have to write to the conference if they leave early. So they don't want to just do that. So the first step in this is letting the Big 12 know, see you guys, in four years, we're out of here. Now let the negotiation begin on what winds up happening. And again, what will wind up happening is, I don't know that they'll still be called this, but the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 10 will survive and thrive. They'll all add people. Now, I don't know that they'll necessarily – to me it doesn't make sense to continue to have those names because for the Southeastern Conference to have Texas and Oklahoma in it, it doesn't make any sense to me. For the Big Ten, which already has 14 schools in it, to keep calling themselves the Big Ten, I understand the value of a brand name, but come on, <laughs> if all of a sudden we wind up with 16 or 18 or however many teams are going to wind up in these conferences, you got to change the name. Then the question is whether the Pac-12 – Continues to work, and they're going to try and go after Oklahoma, also, from what I understand, mm-hmm. because nothing makes you think of the Pacific Ocean more than Norman, Oklahoma, does. So, I mean, could they be the Pac-12 if they have Texas and Oklahoma <laughs> in it? I mean, <laughs> that, it's just ridiculous. So, um, it reminds me of that great movie, Waiting for Guffman, the, the hilarious movie where they say we consider ourselves bicoastal if you consider the Mississippi River a coast. So, so <laughs> uh, the, the uh, point uh, of it is that's what's happening. Texas and Oklahoma are out. It looks like the SEC is where they're going. That will put in motion a sequence of events that are going to change literally everything as we have always known them in college sports. We can argue whether it's good or bad. I don't know. And it doesn't really matter because it's going to happen one way or the other. Coming up, I've got sneaky big news that could change a lot this season. Plus, Zach Lowe on a week that could be filled with huge superstar trades. All that and more on the way after this word from ZipRecruiter. If you're a business owner who is hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Back in a flash, ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash giftfinder
4: today. That's Macy's.com slash giftfinder. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and
0: Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And...
1: Greenie, the podcast. With you as we continue here on ESPN Radio and Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract. On America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless, 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage and speed may vary.
3: Sneaky
4: Big News.
1: Sneaky big news from the weekend, and this is going to have, I think, all kinds of implications as the NFL season gets underway. Training camps are here. Did you see in New Orleans, Michael Thomas had ankle surgery in June? Could miss time at the start of the season as a result? He was plagued by the ankle injury throughout last season. Shefty had previously reported he was expected to undergo surgery to repair a bunch of stuff, uh, ligaments, and other things in his ankle. The story goes on to say it is unclear why Thomas had surgery so late in the off season, but the goal is a full recovery. Well, yeah, <laughs> who the hell has ankle surgery in June? He's had a, he's been plagued by an injury through last season, and in June they decide to have surgery to repair it. Am I the only one who says what the actual heck is that? It just doesn't make any sense. He had 149 catches in 2019, the most in a season in NFL history. And that was a year where Teddy Bridgewater started a whole bunch of games. It wasn't just Breeze. And now they're trying to give the reins to Jameis. And they may have to do it at least at the start of the season without their, their, their by far, their best receiver. If memory serves, Greeny, last week on Get
3: Up, we asked for a sleeper or dark horse team to win the NFC. You picked those guys, didn't you?
1: I picked New Orleans. I, they're, I, look, they're... I love Drew Brees. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer and a class individual. But last year, he was much more a problem than he was a solution. They lose in the playoffs to Tampa because he throws three interceptions. Brady didn't light them up in that game. Mm -mm. He threw three picks. So I think if Jameis Winston got his postgraduate degree in quarterback play last year under Sean Payton and with Drew Brees, Jameis Winston has all the talent in the world. And he never won't be a little turnover-prone. But they're good enough to to overcome being a little turnover-prone. That defense is ridiculous. Kamara, Thomas, again, Thomas, I didn't know that I was going to find out he got surgery in June. But that team is loaded. So if Jameis plays well, I think they have a chance to be really good. But this is a, a devastating blow. I don't know how long into the season this could go. But not to have him there in the preseason, not to have him there in training camp, that's bad. That's sneaky, huge news coming out of New Orleans. In the meantime, I
4: need you to listen carefully.
1: I just want you to know. So, this is what we've become known for. So, we sit here, we have unbelievably good, in depth sports conversation every single day. We analyze football, basketball, baseball, what have you, anything you want, trades, free agents. And yet, my friends send me stories about sharks. My buddy Chris Carrera sends me this from the Washington Post. (laughs) If wildfires, earthquakes, mudslides, and drought were not concerning enough, the geographic range of young great white sharks has expanded north along the California coast by hundreds of miles, bringing the quintessential summer blockbuster predators within feet of surfers and swimmers from the Mexican border to beaches just south of San Francisco... The wider distribution of great whites is the result of a warming coastal Pacific Ocean. An expert is quoted as saying, white sharks right now are beneficiaries of climate change. The question is, what are they going to eat? The answer is us. That's the answer. People are going to start getting eaten in California soon. That's what's going on here. That's what I want you to know. I've said it a million times. The ocean belongs to them. I'm in favor of the conservation efforts. We shouldn't be killing sharks. I'm delighted that they can swim around. you know why? Because they don't come up here where I am. The day that sharks start swimming up onto Fifth Avenue and eating people outside my building is the day (laughs) I'll start saying we need to do something about it. For the moment, they've got their place and we've got ours. They've got like 70% of the planet. 70% of the planet is ocean. We've only got 30%. We can't tell them where to go, and God knows we can't stop them. They're sharks. We're just people. So, Hembo, next time we're out in California, you going to take a quick dip?
3: Yes, absolutely. I'm going to swim. I'm not going to live my life afraid that I'm going to be the one person every year that dies from a shark attack. Not one this person. This is nonsense.
1: It's not nonsense. It goes within feet
3: of surfers. How many feet, dude? 10,000 feet? 100,000 feet? Do you feet? know how
1: fast a shark can move 10,000 feet? Like <laughs> I don't, actually. A second.
3: Uh, oh, one second. They
1: move like ten. How far is ten thousand feet?
3: <laughs> well, five thousand feet in a mile, or about five thousand. So two in miles.
1: A mile. So two miles. One second. A shark can go one. Two miles one second. A uh, shark is like a, a bullet. Uh, a shark. A shark is a perfect machine. A shark is not a. It's not, not like a living being. It's a, it's like a perfect machine. You ever look in a shark's eyes? It's not even alive. It's, it's, it's like it's got, like, as, as they said in the movie, Joe, it's got like a doll's eyes. They're not alive. They're just black. Okay, they only swim
3: 30 miles an hour. You're you're exaggerating. You're 30 miles an
1: hour. How fast do you swim? Like 30 miles a lifetime. <laughs> the shark will eat you. You're going to get eaten in California. And you know what? I'll miss you. We continue in just a moment. This is ESPN Radio.